1: gentlemen it's monday and that means it's time for the wrestling inc monday night raw after show and have we got a show for you adam pierce and nick all this they get into it the miz feels like he's being overlooked and akira tozawa gets one over on bronson reed i'll explain later but before we get into all of that let me introduce you to the crew i'm chatting with the spar with LaBar champion justin Labar, and the legendary referee, Jimmy Corderis. Jimmy, how are you doing today?
2: Oh, hey, I'm doing well. Uh, had a nice weekend and uh, looking forward to chatting with you guys tonight about all the stuff going on.
1: <laughs> uh, Justin, I have a feeling we are going to butt heads tonight. But one thing we're not going to butt heads about is fantasy football because I got to confess something to you. I got I got smoked this week. This was not a good week for for Jack's Farmers. How are you doing?
3: Another win. Another win.
1: I had half half my roster was was on a bye week, so fortunately I'm like done with bye weeks. But like I pulled the old GM strings and I got together a ragtag team, and if they hit just their like what they were kind of expected to do, I had a chance. None of them showed up, Justin. Not a single one of them showed. Maybe the biggest blowout defeat I've ever suffered in fantasy look, football history.
3: Look, that's a uh, that's a big part. Uh, that's a big part of drafting. When you're drafting uh, your players, you got to keep an eye on the bye weeks you're drafting for each of them because you don't want to get yourself in that situation to get a week where you're, like you said, you're putting together like replacement players. Yeah, it was a rough, very rough week for
1: me. Uh, Everyone in the chat, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We've got some big, breaking, crazy news to talk about, and that is the backstage news on CM Punk being at Impact Wrestling. Nick Hausman's House of Wrestling is reporting that Punk was backstage for the Impact Wrestling on AXST tv tapings in chicago though not for the bound for glory pay-per-view event according to the report punk arrived just before the tapings began and was quickly taken to the locker room area justin i say this is big news because everything involving cm punk seems to be big news in the pro wrestling world but you look at impact going back to tna as their branding CM Punk backstage it's got everyone talking could we see the voice of the voiceless on TNA TV
3: well the fact that they uh, are going back to the old brand name which seems to be met with largely positive uh, response that I can tell um you know what a way to usher in that uh, the, you know going back to this new era new chapter uh, is if you had a huge signing like a CM Punk now uh, I don't know what Punk I'd have to assume Punk would be the highest paid talent they would have. I I I, I don't know what TNA's financial situation is if they can uh, uh they could probably afford it, but will they get a return on investment? You know, are are they in enough places to where they're gonna get a return? All that stuff I don't know. It it you know, it would be a fresh um fresh working environment for him. From what I've heard, he, he does Get along at this point with a lot of people there. So again, it, it would be interesting. And I also don't think you know just because we have Survivor Series in Chicago and then Rumbles around the corner after that, like you know, so many fans have booked it in their minds that Punk's to WWE, and maybe one day, if nothing else, to go onto the Hall of Fame stage. But I, I'm just not convinced with how well everything is going for WWE in so many categories. I just don't see them taking the risk of of dealing with Punk if this were. F- if this were four years ago, <clears throat> if this was like 2018 or 2019, just before the pandemic, maybe they would because they were really, they were, they were in need of something. They, they did not have the depth that they have now, you know, as we're getting ready to talk about, they don't even have to bring in all the big names to Saudi Arabia anymore. I mean, they, I just, I don't see them doing it now. So for all those reasons, uh, if, if impact can sign the check and they feel like they're going to get returned, I think it's something really worthwhile to consider uh, as a fan.
1: Jimmy. Now, one of the things we're not going to talk about today is is Will Ospreay and how he's been sort of, I guess, courting everybody, which as he should. He's got a free, he's gonna be a free agent soon. Mm-hmm. I saw a question on Twitter. I wish I kept the the name so I could credit the person, but is CM Punk and Will Ospreay, let's say they both sign to TNA. Is that enough to get you to tune in every Thursday to watch their show?
2: I don't know if I would say I would tune in every Thursday, but I would definitely tune into the first one to see how things uh, get started. Let's put it that way. Uh, but like Justin said, it's it's again, again, a risk. It's a gamble signing CM Punk because he does have that reputation that comes along with him, but he's also a smart guy because he knows that showing up there is going to get leaked out there. Regardless of the fact uh, that he tried to sneak into the building, they ushered him into the locker room. What, regardless of what the story was, you know the story was going to get out there and get people talking. So maybe this was just Uh, a feeling out process on on the part of, uh, impact slash TNA, uh, moving forward and seeing if they can, like you said, get a return on their investment. But the big question is, will it be a short-term return on their investment? Or is it going to be a long-term thing? Because like, like I said, sometimes, you know, the, that, uh, aura comes with them and you don't want the locker room chemistry disturbed in any form or fashion. And sometimes, uh, someone with the reputation of a CM Punk could upset the apple cart, so to speak.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I think that for CM Punk, this could be a, a great opportunity in the sense that you go to Impact, you show how great you are, you get some more viewers over there. It's great for Impact. And then if it is like a one-year deal and you play nice and you show your value, Maybe that does open the door back up to a WWE that goes, hey, you know what? Maybe we should uh, give this guy another look. Um, I mean, I don't know all the moving pieces, but outsider looking in, that's how it looks to me, like as as an opportunity there. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know the financials, but Justin, what you alluded to, I don't imagine them, because even if they like tripled their numbers, I don't know if it would be worth whatever CM Punk is charging unless CM Punk is cutting them a deal of some kind
3: well and i also think you have to just look at what is your distribution like they're on access tv and and i like if if i wanted to watch if like my, my way of consuming anything with impact in the last few years has been to seek out things on social or on youtube i don't know if if they if they all of a sudden said cm punk's gonna be on the next episode like i don't i don't even know how, if i have the ability i cut the cord earlier this year i don't even know what how i have to how to access to watch the show live i don't ever watch it so like i mean that's that's probably and i can't be the only one so Mm -hmm. i think that's first thing is like do you have the distribution to even set yourself up for success to get the return on whatever expense he's going to be
1: yeah it's uh yeah i don't even know if i have access
2: to it i have sling but i guess i've never even looked uh, that's uh, a very, yeah, that was a very fair point. Sorry to cut you off there, yeah, Jack. You yeah, guys, uh, not to get off topic here, but you look at the new deal that uh, that Billy Corgan has signed with CW Network. That feels like a bigger platform yeah. than what, you know, uh, Impact Wrestling slash TNA uh, has right now with Access TV. So that's the issue. That's a big issue. Let's put it that way, is the accessibility to watch. Yes, we, there are ways people could stream it, but at the same time, what kind of return are you getting?
3: Right. Yeah. yeah, to put it, to put it in perspective, I think CW is like the 19th biggest um in the US and then like TBS, which is what Dynamite's on here in the US is like 16. So they're not too far mm-hmm. removed in terms of reach. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, CW is a legit network. Like that's mm-hmm. a that's a huge deal for NWA by the way, um if that's happening. So, uh, we'll have to see, but it will be it will be interesting. I I, I'll confess, I got a little bit of CM Punk fatigue from all the news. Uh, but at the same time, I love it when people are talking wrestling. And I, CM Punk is really one of the greatest all time when it gets to people talking about what he's doing in pro wrestling, as we can see from all the news articles and things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And also, TNA does good stuff. I'd like to see them get a bigger audience and get a bigger platform and get bigger shows and, and do well. There are A lot of great wrestlers over there. Mm-hmm. Um Somebody who's not going to be backstage at uh, Crown Jewel is Brock Lesnar. PW Insider Elite is reporting that Lesnar has not been factored into creative plans for Crown Jewel and won't be appearing at the event. It's going to be the first time WWE has run a show in Saudi Arabia without Brock Lesnar. The report cites sources within WWE who supposedly believe it would be better to save Lesnar for a future Saudi event as the upcoming show... uh, is an immediate sellout uh the card doesn't lack star power without lesnar either since they have roman reigns seth Rollins, Rhea ripley la knight and logan paul uh already on the event uh justin of course not even counting the people those people are facing you know like uh, Rey mysterio and whatnot to your point about cm punk to wwe this is kind of proof positive they're even saying to brock lesnar look man we don't need you right now
3: yeah this is great i mean michael cole talked about it on commentary tonight how you know they sold out in, in like two hours uh in Riyadh, and then uh, and supposedly the production is trying to work on a way to realign things to open up more sections which is what they just did several times over uh, for chicago for survivor series a few weeks later um so uh, i mean yeah the, the, that goes to what i'll say earlier the depth the, the depth they have now and, and you you know rattled off those names jack and aside from like Roman Reigns, like you have guys like guys and girls like L.A. Knight, Rhea Ripley, who have been, you know, with the company for several years, but now they have been positioned and built to a point to where they are a legit draw to where they're helping. They're certainly helping contribute to these numbers. And so again, you don't need to call upon the part timers like Brock and bring them in for what's going to be, you know, a one-off match that really has no story, a, a few. There's no real story behind it. You can save them for later on for different times so this yeah this right here speaks to do you really need to go out and take the gamble of of both financially and morale of bringing in somebody who is very opinionated and likes to do things his way so
1: yeah Jimmy very rarely I this is the first time I can remember WWE being able to say you know what? We don't need Brock Lesnar for this really big show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say WWE is at a point where they've got like an embarrassment of riches when it comes to talent. I mean, they have so many people who are at such a high level. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really incredible. And again, when WWE says, we don't need you, Brock, that, that says something.
2: It absolutely speaks volumes because like you said, arguably this is the most stacked roster they have had since the attitude era. If not, more stacked you know what I mean there there is an argument to be made there and for them to say that we don't need Brock Lesnar for this the show sold out this is going to be a a big show anyway so you know save him from when you can actually involve him in a storyline he just finished up with Cody uh not too long ago and actually put him over and you know did the respect thing afterwards Let's build towards what Brock wants to do next, instead of just saying, "Hey, let's put a big name on this big show." You don't need to just do it. Put, right. put a reason behind it, you know, and get people uh, invested into why. But you don't need to because there's so many people on this show already that have people invested.
1: Yeah, that are really going to hit every point. I mean, you got the good wrestlers, you got the star power, you got the Mike people, like they've. Mm-hmm. They've just got so many people. I always say, you know, when you can have someone like Roman Reigns, your biggest star, only show up every now and again, that just shows how stacked your roster is, really. Uh, Just really, really incredible
2: uh, right now. And the numbers are drawing. Prove that point. Not just just overseas in Saudi Arabia or wherever it may be, but all across the board, it seems to be, you know, drawing so well.
1: Yeah, so, uh yeah, WWE is definitely cooking right now. Michael Martinez with a super chat asks or says, glad to see Cassie Lee back in wrestling. They split Iconics prematurely. Could she make a guest appearance on AEW with Spears? Uh, I would assume that's always possible. We'll have to see. But, Justin, what do you think the odds are of uh Cassie Lee signing a contract with AEW?
3: Well, I mean, AEW signs a lot of people would have I mean so it's of course it's very possible um, Yeah, I, I was a big fan of the Iconics as well in, in WWE I thought that you know I, I used the comparison again no they never even came close to accomplishing the same as this duo I'll, I'll compare the two but they had the same kind of chemistry and that is Edge Christian they had that goofy sophomoric humor mm-hmm. but it was even kind of a fresh take on it because it was two ladies doing it you know and mm-hmm. so I, I thought that, that they were a great great on screen uh uh attraction.
1: Yeah, I mean you look at the women's tag team division and I think it's hard to argue that having another female tag team wouldn't be a good thing right now for WWE. Yeah.
2: Um, right. And, but 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 the, you know, you look at AEW too, the women's division there, they do have some great talent but underutilized is a term I would use right now. They could they can mm-hmm. certainly, you know, you know, center one of their shows m- around the women talent they've got that many good women down there. It's just, I think, like I said, underutilized, let's put it that way. Yeah.
1: That's the, I think that's definitely the, the issue with AEW. They have, uh, they already have a roster, you know? I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong though. I'd love for Cassie Lee to get paid. So hopefully she mm-hmm. gets a paycheck. Uh, hopefully she gets signed somewhere. Cause I think her, the, the Iconics were talented. I hope they both get uh big checks, but Let's move on to the show. Let's move on to Rob. As always, before we do, like, comment, share, subscribe. Share the link in social media. Bring your friends over. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts as well. Always appreciated. And if you're a lurker, shout out to the lurkers like Joe C. I saw earlier in the chat. Uh, also, Max Feldman, Baby Ice, Jeroi J, Montez, Ethan, Dylan Matthews, the Jiff King, Bernie DC. We got Christopher and Tommy O and everyone else. Appreciate you guys so much. Let's talk about some WWE Raw. We start the show with Damian and Finn having fun. And Cody Rhodes comes out and interrupts them. He says Rhea is the leader of the Judgment Day and that Priest didn't finish him off with a low blow priest talks about how the bloodline uh and cody's story is is still going on and priest challenges cody to a match at crown jewel and cody accepts Rhea and dom come out but before they can get to jay before they can get there uh jay uso cuts him off then jd mcdonough comes out and the bad guys get the upper hand before security can get out there also damian priest crushes cody's leg mm-hmm. uh jimmy um this was a – there was a lot of lines I liked. There was a lot of story I liked here, but I got to confess, starting to feel like I've seen this before.
2: No, it, I get that, but at the same time, there's some little differences that make it, you know, uh, still interesting for me to watch, like uh, planting that seed that Cody basically said that Rhea is the leader of the Judgment Day. We're waiting We're waiting for that big one to drop, and now that puts another – thought into Finn Balor's head you know what i mean so now there's another seed planted like we always talk about planting seeds and then watering them that was a major planting of a seed and some watering with it and i like the idea of uh well your story you're talking about your story being told i don't even know what your story is and you know that's another layer to the story being told (laughs) right and then and then you know having cody have to fight over this uh ankle injury that he has now and fight through it and as we'll talk about later in the show you know uh selling it the way he did it makes the match going into crown jewel kind of, a little more interesting for me only to see how they get through this and you know do they have an out for cody not to come out of this victorious you know what i mean and continue that story that he needs to tell
1: Right. That's and Justin, that's kind of where I feel like I've I've seen this before is when we saw Cody against Finn, it felt like a what are they gonna do to make Finn feel like a threat? I sort of feel like Damian Priest, he's got the money in the bank briefcase, he's great, but he's also very beatable uh to a Cody Rhodes who is very unbeatable. And so I don't know, I, I guess am I'm, I'm not as jazzed about this as I think I should be. Am I crazy?
3: Well, I think you you started. I don't think you're crazy. I think you started with it. You know, we've there's some of this. Some of this doesn't feel as original as you'd hope. Um, I, first of all, I like the I like the ankle injury to, to Cody thing. I'm always all for um, uh, getting a baby face a worked to injury to have to help fight back mm-hmm. from. So I, I like that decision. You, you know, this whole tonight. It's it's so hard to pinpoint tonight. I I love the amount of interaction. That everybody's crossing with here. And like Cody's trying to like, you know, shove at these guys. Oh, we all know Rhea's, you know, mommy's the the real leader. And then, and then we got Rhea wheeling and dealing, and she's trying to play Drew. She's trying to play so like I love all the mind games that everybody's trying to, you know, everybody's trying to outsmart. So like on that regard, like tonight's Raw was very cool because like that we're doing this. And that is adding a new layer to what otherwise is a lot of the same individuals. We've seen Cody battling with with judgment we've seen sammy's ain't like it's, i feel like we've seen it all but then at the same point still when i look back at this this three hours was long tonight this was not one of the, this was one of the shows where it just they could not this they could not disguise or hide or make you forget that we're all three hours it's too long we've already discussed that before but you know they just could i don't know they just, something about tonight there just was a pacing that was just like oh i looked at the clock i'm like really we're, we're only here um I, so I don't know. So I'm I'm hoping that the this big show in Riyadh in a week and then I'm hoping after that you got Survivor Series, which is tailor-made for the situation we have right now in WWE on Raw and SmackDown with all these individuals either aligned or in, in earnest or pretending to be aligned. I'm hoping that that's what this is all is going to build to is that big explosion because... Uh, and then after that, we need to blow some stuff up and go to Rumble and, and freshen everything up. I don't want to see Cody fight in Judgment Day anymore. Blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah, I... I agree. I do I do like the inter- intertwined stuff, and I like all the people involved. I, I just definitely felt like McDonough trying to get in the judgment day. Like, okay, you know, Cody Rhodes versus the Judgment Day. Jay Uso's there. Eh, I, these guys go against each other every week, but a lot more happened. We'll talk about that as we move on. For now, I want to talk about the Akira Academy versus mm-hmm. the New Day. Uh, we got the worm. We got a reverse worm. We got some new offense from the new day and they even get the win. Jimmy, something I loved about this happened at the very end, really. And it was uh, Wade Barrett saying that the new day continue to climb the rankings. And I love when I know that they don't have the, the actual rankings posted anywhere, but I love when they reiterate that, like, yeah, you got to win matches, put yourself in a position to qualify for a tag team title match. I thought that, that was cool that they're kind of reminding us, oh yeah, the New Day is climbing the rankings and earning a, a shot at the tag titles.
2: Yeah, I like that. He's I like that too, especially considering that a lot of people assume the New Day is in a position now where they should be able to get a title shot anytime they demand it, but uh, because of their longevity and how long they've been there. But at the same time, like you said, you need to. You don't deserve title shots. You earn title shots. And that's what's going on here. And as far as the match itself, I thought it was a fun match. It was one of those matches where I don't know. I felt like either team could have won. There were situations tonight where there were matches where you didn't feel like a certain participant had an opportunity of winning. This wasn't one of them. They made me believe with a lot of the false finishes in that match that either team could have won that match and that's that's especially when both teams are pretty much baby faces you know the crowd started off like uh oh, who do we cheer for who do we cheer for do we cheer? and then they got into the false finishes they got into the match as the match progressed which is a tough deal to do when you've got <laughs> either two heels or two baby faces in the ring yeah
1: in the new day i love that there's continuing to do new moves do new things and even new ring gear and stuff like that but justin uh the story that I thought really came out of this was Alpha Academy continues to slide it felt like they were so hot for a while and now I can't remember their last win
3: yeah when they had Gable uh, come up short you know a few times to Gunther um, I had a bad feeling that that was gonna be like the peak that from that point that we are going to start to go back down. I mean, you know, they've added a little. They've added a comedy layer to to your approval of, of Tazawa, and <laughs> um, you know, they're still entertaining. But I do agree. It feels like they are slowly moving back down the card.
1: Yeah, and it's a team that I don't know. I feel like I, I want them to be a little bit more um, dangerous. I want them to be able to win matches. And right now, they're getting back into that place where they used to be, where it's like, okay, they're not going to win this match. Uh, but they're still doing stuff though, which is always a good sign.
2: Right. And I think that you don't want them to fall into that trap where they go, you know what? These guys are fun and entertaining, so they don't need to win. I hope they don't fall into that trap. And that's what it seems to have happened here. They're just, well, you know what? Like you said, the addition of Akira Tozawa to the group now has added a different layer to it and made people go, Oh, this is a lot of fun. But at the same time, eventually, like you know we always say you can get over without going over but eventually there are times when you need to go over as well
3: well and the reality is i mean again they they do great they're they're very entertaining and they can you can put them in a lot of backstage stuff and this and that and i'm sure i I haven't been to a non-televised house show anytime in recent time but i'm sure they're very over in that setting where it's very um Fan friendly, very. You're close up to the fan, you know. So I'm sure that there's a lot of things that are going, that are that that they're doing that that is, which is why that they're in this situation still. But I think eventually, especially as you go to 2024, you know, Triple H in the office, they got to look and say, all right, uh, let's find something else for Tazawa and Otis and for Maxine to do. We got to shed Gable of this. Gable does not need you know, we it, it, like he could still be entertaining and funny, but I think you know a brand switch up or something just to get him on his own that will be where you could truly try again and build him up in the mid card for a mid card title because I think he has it. I mean, yeah, he's a little bit smaller size, but I think his personality is so big and his strength is so great. I don't think, I think it all overshadows his actual statistics of how tall or not tall he is.
1: I agree completely with that. Um, we move on and we, we got a video package for Ivar, uh, and a video that would normally feel like it was just gassing up a wrestler. Uh, but this one felt a little different, Justin, because Valhalla was sounded like she was almost saying what it feels like the WWE would say about I of R. Things like, you are a warrior who has proven yourself, and you have done things to gain the attention of the guy. I can't remember what they said, but you know what I mean. They were saying all this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, are we moving, Justin? Do we need to move the I of R singles run alert from orange to red?
3: Uh, what do you mean, orange to red?
1: Like, like, is it, it, no, it was like, like it was probably going to happen. Now we're putting it on oh. red alert. Like it's, it's happening.
3: Yeah, well, if I don't, I'm not going to go as far as say push that he's going to be like, you know, again, getting a title. But I do think that the several weeks of singles matches that he had, I I think something was proven. I, I think, I think that, you know, again, we, we've talked about it. a lot of times when a tag team gets hurt in WWE when one, one of them at least, then the other one just sits at home. Or sits in catering. But the fact that they said, all right, well let's just let them go out there and do a singles match as first one on TV in years in WWE. And it, it was they were as received as well as they were, I think they're looking at it like, all right, well, we're sitting here trying to build depth and we're building, you know, talent for tomorrow. So we don't have to again don't have to rely on talent of yesteryear. This guy Ivar, he's got a look, he's got a character. People got, got into his match. Like let's let's run with it. Let's see what happens. So yeah, I think that we're definitely going to start seeing him regularly on tv whether it's a match or whether it's a vignette like this
1: yeah jimmy uh ivar Mm -hmm. i've become a big fan of his uh i was a fan of his in the viking raiders too but like his singles run has been great i think he's got that look the whole viking look looks great uh what are your thoughts on like the idea of an ivar singles run and i don't know i I want to talk about his name a little bit because it says ivar on the bottom Mm -hmm. right i feel like i know they love single names but i feel like it needs like a Like if he's a Viking, like Ivar the Great or Ivar the Warrior. You know what I mean? Like some like thing with it. Ivar feels too short in this case. Uh,
2: I think that's another thing you build towards. Eventually down the road, he could come out and say Ivar the Terrible or Ivar, you know. Terrible probably better than great. uh, If you're a Viking. (laughs) If you're a Viking, at least anyways. But you're right. He has proven himself in singles competition over the last couple of weeks and going out there. So the WWE recognized this and did that vignette which they do very well. They do those video packages so so well. And it looked awesome and he they made him look like a true single star. And he showed that he can be a true single star. Now it's time for him to, you know, further this going forward. Now we have you got to find the right opponent for him to for his first real rivalry. Let's put it that way and that's the question now. Who can be that first real test for him and if they'd have built up someone like a Chad Gable like like Justin said, that would have been a perfect, perfect uh singles run he could have with someone uh, at least for the short term.
1: I uh It's funny because Ivar is one of these guys who a lot of times I'll be like, I'll think to myself so is he an actual Viking that doesn't have a cell phone or does he just play this character? But then I see this video and I'm like so into it I'm like, yeah, he's a Viking. This is incredible. I love it. And it's funny how Sometimes you see things in different contexts and it changes your entire view of it, if that makes sense. I, I don't know if that happened to you guys, but yeah, a lot of times, like, so did he drive here in a car or did he ride a horse? <laughs> but then I watched the video and I'm like, where's my shield? I want to hit it along with all the people around the fire. He was, in,
2: he, he was in the chariot behind the horse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I think, well, and one of the things, like in this video, might be the start of it. Maybe this is the first of a series of videos. I think, to, to, and Jack, I know what you mean. It, I, I think you needed to kind of like, You need to get to a more realistic place of saying, you know, obviously he doesn't, you know, obviously he doesn't, he lives in the world in 2023, but he's, you know, he, he's a Viking sympathizer. Everything he does is from the values of, of, of what he's learned and read about of Vikings in the past. And, and the funny thing is, I don't know so much about him, the the man who plays Ibar, but I do know that the guy who plays his partner, uh, Eric, who's injured and then, and then. The, the lady who plays Valhalla, if she's married to Eric, they both in real life are very much into the Viking kind of life and 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 like Renaissance festival and like they that that's, it's it's kind of the same situation. They live in in America in 2023, but they very much have that lifestyle and elements of it and dress of it as a major part of interest in their life. So it's it's almost like if you can kind of get the video the, the video and storytelling to kind of get more on that, that's very believable. Mm-hmm. That then all of a sudden you're like, okay, here you know it's it's like it's kind of like how Alistair Black was, or, or Malachi Black, or you know, whatever, wherever you want to look at him. You know, like the origins of his character were because, like, his father was involved in a cult, and he's always read books and always been fascinated by. So it's like if you can get somebody, if you can kind of get that real life element to it, it makes all of a sudden becomes much much easier to digest. A-
1: absolutely, uh, we we go on to what I thought was really one of my favorite segments of the night was Seth Rollins and Rhea Ripley. Uh, Rhea Ripley offers the Judgment Day services to Rollins, but Rollins says uh, he thinks she's doing that because she's lost faith in Damian Priest. Rhea says Seth is just a world champion and not the world champion. And with Judgment Day, maybe Rollins could could become that guy. Rollins says he doesn't want to be anything like Roman Reigns, and Rhea says that wasn't a no. Jimmy, this was... For everything I've said, this is where I become hypocritical. Jack said at the beginning, he's tired. Mm -hmm. I thought the way they delivered this, I thought the lines, I thought the way they delivered the lines, I thought the storytelling, where it leads, this was
2: picture perfect, in my opinion. Uh, What say you? Uh, I don't know if I would say picture perfect, but it was enticing for me to, to want to see this progress forward. Again, and that's the whole goal here. Like you said, the language that they used, the verbiage was very interesting. Her trying to get... Seth Rollins to either join or collaborate with the judgment day was very interesting, you know, bringing up the, the, the last week being seen with uh, talking to Drew McIntyre again, there are more seeds being planted and you love those seeds being planted in the right way in the, in the right part of the garden. Let's put it that way for lack (laughs) of a better term and being watered properly. And that's what they did. They watered the, the seeds nicely in this and and made you go hmm this is very interesting where is this going to lead to now
1: Now, justin there's obviously fallout from this that happens later on in the show after a match uh but what did you think of this part of the show i what i i I liked it because it did get me thinking about how judgment day could be involved and and it made me think deeper than just they're bad guys who want to beat people up Mm
3: -hmm. yeah this exchange was probably the most entertaining of the entire night um that this this few minutes was you know mm. this was the best part of the of the movie this week you know um that mm-hmm. that i love like i love like departed and goodfellas like casino and you know i love all those scorsese films right. and like this had that this had that this was the closest thing to that feeling of like ooh, they're they're, they're walking me down a path now in my mind right. and then and, and they're and they're they're making offers to each other and they're using a certain language of i want to be the champion like it right. it it was the most entertaining exchange of the night, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely will pay dividends later, I'm sure. Uh, but for now, we've got a couple of segments in a match where at first Becky Lynch says that she's taking on all challengers, Indy tonight, Lyra tomorrow. But Zia Lee is looking on in the background. Uh, Indy Hartwell uh, is getting ready for the sh- getting ready for her match, and Natty comes in to say. Go get him, Tiger. Then we get Becky Lynch and Indy Hartwell. Lyra Valkyria is in the crowd. Becky gets the win. The two shake hands afterwards, and Becky gets face-to-face with Lyra. Uh, in the locker room, however, Candice LeRae is disappointed, but she doesn't have time to be disappointed because Zaya Lee punches her in the throat. Uh, hmm. Justin, one of the things I'm enjoying about this Becky Lynch run is that she is really giving a ton of time to people who may not be known on the main roster to get known on the main roster in a big way.
3: Uh that's true. That is very true. Yeah, I mean, it's um it's it's paying off this this little crossover she's doing with NXT right now. Mm-hmm. Um and and it's again it's all you know, in some cases you're going to have a situation where you're going to put uh, new eyes on a talent and that's new eyes that are going to be on, on that talent's bandwagon and that's great. That's one purpose that serves. Other purposes is sometimes, you know, you get somebody like a Becky Lynch, who's your barometer. And then she walks back to the office and says, yeah, this girl, she needs to jump the line a few spots. Like, she's ready to go. We need to start doing more. with it. Or you, know, you hate to hear it, but it is the reality. She goes, eh, not quite ready with this one yet. Like, let's... Let's let's circle on back, you know, so having Becky in this position right now is is very beneficial, both, again, for business internally and for the for the audience. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you can't do it with like a Roman Reigns, but it is interesting. We have all these people that we say they could be a star. You put them in the ring with Roman Reigns. Do they still look like a star? Uh, You get that with Becky Lynch, I think, with a lot of these uh, up and comers. Uh, The the downside of this, though, Jimmy, is Mm -hmm. it feels like when you have all these challengers lined up. It kind of shows your hand on how these matches are going to turn out. Now, I don't think Becky's going to lose the NXT title on a random Monday Night Raw, anyways. But when you tell me Lyra Valkyria is the next challenger tomorrow, and Zaya Lee is after that, then I'm thinking, well, she's
2: not going to lose now. She's she's got these two other things to do. No, I, I understand exactly what you're saying because, and I think the audience felt that way too because they were quiet for a lot of it. And I believe, in my opinion the reason they were quiet for a lot of this match was because they didn't believe that uh, Indy had a, 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 I hate to put it this way, had a chance of beating Becky for the championship. Mm
0: -hmm. So
2: if you don't have that belief, then it's hard for you to get invested in a match. And I think that was part of the problem here. And, you know, like you said, advertising that, you know, tomorrow night there'll be another championship match and probably saying, you know, well, Becky has to possibly defend it tomorrow. They even said it in commentary, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's almost like the, almost like giving it away without giving it away.
1: Right. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, that is a little bit of a bummer to me, but at the end of the day, like I said, I don't think that, I don't think Becky's losing the title on a random Monday night raw. So right. in that case, I'm just glad that Indy Hartwell is getting that kind of shine with someone who is that big of a star for that long. Cause they also, they went back and forth. They made it competitive. They let, uh, you know, Indy Hartwell look like she was getting some shots in on the champ. So Uh, I hope it gives her a chance to take that and continue to elevate. Um, Adam Pearce and Nick Aldis were backstage, and Pearce tells security to get ready for a contract signing, which I love. Uh, And Nick Aldis apologizes for how things went down on SmackDown. Pearce says it's cool. Hang out for the rest of the show while he does the contract signing. And Pearce tries to get Zoe, Shayna, Raquel, and Nia to sign the contract as fast as possible, but Rhea shows up. Before they finish and says it's a conspiracy after she's done, there will be four less people in the division. Uh, Nia Jax says Rio wants Nia to squash everyone for her. This leads to a melee. And in the end, Nia Jax squashes everybody for Rhea Ripley. Uh, Jimmy, this I thought did a great job of showing us who's going to be in that match at crown jewel. Uh, I got to ask you the, the tough question though. If, if Nia Jax does win, does she kind of squash the division the way this is kind of, this is gone.
2: Uh, I don't know if she squashes the division, but it makes her look like a, a, a true dominant figure in the division. That's for sure. And she did look dominant tonight as well, because, you know, they're claiming that Shayna Baszler says she's the baddest woman on the, you know, on the roster and so on and so forth. But at least now, people have doubts in their head again, going into a match saying, well, I can't see so-and-so beating Rhea Ripley in this, but when there's five women in the match and one is so dominant and other women, you could, you know, technically choose and say, Hey, you know what? I can see so-and-so winning or so-and-so winning, or even so-and-so winning under these circumstances, you've given people an opportunity to say, Hey, I I'm not sure who's going to win this match. This is going to be interesting to see. And I want to see how it plays out. And the other off-topic thing I found interesting was not having a table present in rings uh, in the ring for this contract signing, which was a little bit different. Which I, I thought, you know, uh, here's another contract signing, but at least there was a little different play into this one.
1: Yeah, Justin, I was going to say I, what I liked about this contract signing is how much they leaned into. Yeah, this is going to end bad.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I was racking my brain as it was going on, and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen WWE do a contract signing for a Fatal Five Way. Um, so that's good, but I liked how they did. I liked, I liked the, this, the pace they kept it to. Um, I, I like the frantic pace on purpose because I'm trying to get it on paper before all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. Um, Rhea got such a pop when her music finally hit <clears throat> such a pop. You know, they start chanting her name, even and she acknowledges it, mm-hmm. like uh, p- part of me is like, all right, if, if you're going to take the title off of her at any, anytime soon. This would be the kind of match to do it because you could do it and totally protect her. She can be completely, you know, n- not even in the frame when it happens. Um, and I'm like, and I can only see them doing that if they felt, okay, we got to get the title off her. And we're going to lean into her as a baby face sooner rather than later. And then and then, then have whatever's going to happen, this whole judgment day stuff shake out. But then a larger part of me is like, no, when you have something this hot and this, 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 she's just on such a roll. You don't, you don't take the fastball away from her. So that being said, I think she finds a way to retain and mommy's got more bragging rights. And like, I, I just don't see her losing this until we're at a stage, like a mania somewhere. And it's going to have to be somebody against her. It's going to have to be an opponent. That's really going to make you go, Hmm, you know, whether that's a positioned Becky Lynch, whether that's a, an emerging new star, like a Jay cargo, I I, I don't know, but I I just feel like Rhea's arguably the hottest thing. They, one of the hottest things they have right now. And I just, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even even only having a 20 percent chance of the match i'm like ah, i just can't see her losing this i really can't
1: yeah i think um there might be some people that say she doesn't quote need the title but i think when you have someone that's that hot you
2: keep them as hot as possible uh and and, and that yeah. way whoever happens to be the one to finally defeat her for the title it means that much more yes
1: yes yeah so i have a feeling she's gonna hold on to it but um We move on, and Kaiser's getting Vinci ready for his big match. Uh, And then Bronson Reed comes through and is pretty complimentary of Imperium, but they Mm -hmm. seem to take offense to it. Then we get Akira Tozawa, and we'll talk about those two in a little bit, Justin Mm -hmm. Labar. Uh, So for now, we're going to go to Gargano versus Vinci uh kaiser's happy then gargano gets cooking and kaiser is sad and about to get involved when champa returns and beats up kaiser allowing gargano to get the win justin for those keeping track at home kaiser beat gargano but wasn't able to put him on a stretcher vinci not able to beat gargano things are looking bad for vinci
3: yeah, I like uh, the drama that's going on there with Imperium I'm, uh, between those two. Uh, so that this was the right call. This is the right, um, you know. And, and Gargano needs some wins, so it's an easy way to get Gargano a win. He's back. He needs some wins. Uh, he needs he needs he needs some momentum. He needs wins. He needs momentum. Uh, crowd not making much noise when he comes out. Got, got a little smattering of some cheers when he did beat you know Vinci. But um, and oh by the way, I don't know why there's been different versions of Gargano's music he's had over the years in WWE NXT. I don't th- this version sucks that he's using. There is no. There is no boom, stand up and get out of your seat and start cheering. It is just, it is
1: just, bad. it's
3: just a yeah. weird emo vibe to stop.
1: Mm-hmm. It's really bad. It's yeah. I don't new music. Old, go back to old music. I don't know. I agree with you, Justin. That music does not do him any favors at all. Um,
2: and, and we've seen that, lately how much entrance music means to, you know, get that initial pop from the crowd. It's almost like they went, mm-hmm, Oh the music yeah. Hit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, if Stone Cold came out to this uh, new Johnny Gargano theme, I don't think people would pop quite the same way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Though it would be no. hilarious to see Stone Cold mm-hmm. walking out to the Johnny Gargano theme. Uh, but but uh, Jimmy, now, one of the things I thought that was really interesting about this is Gunther said that Kaiser would have hell to pay if Vinci didn't get the job done. So now Ludwig Kaiser... May need some Kaiser Permanente soon. Now, for those of you who don't know, that's a health insurance uh, company here in the states. And Jimmy, since you're in Canada, a health insurance company is something. The health insurance company in
2: Canada is the, the government. But anyway,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we might see uh, Gunther unhappy soon.
2: Yeah, I think Gunther is going to be very unhappy, especially uh, uh, next Monday, maybe leading into uh, Crown Jewel. Maybe there's he's setting something up for his uh, Imperium stablemates. Uh, some challenge they might have to face. I don't know. It's just, again, it, it seems that all factions now have some infighting and I wish that not all of them had an issue.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was going to say Imperium doesn't feel like the kind of group that needs infighting. Uh, I mean, I get the drama of uh, Gunther being like you guys got to start winning matches, but like, I don't know I, I I don't know it feels like it doesn't feel like that really like fits their characters. I feel like they're too like militant, like, yeah, you get the job done, and if you don't, then we adjust. You know what I mean? I don't know it, it I, I don't know. I'm not really feeling it, Justin Are you feeling the imperium dissension?
3: Well, I, the one thing I'll say about it I mean I agree that that militant's a good word, but I, but I will say that like it otherwise it, I'm glad that they're not just the two lackeys that just take all the front line bullets for Gunther. I like that Kaiser's developed this personality, this way of speaking. He's very you know, identifiable. Vinci's kind of the one that's kind of like just, you know, he's the weak link right now, so it's like they got to I don't know. So, I mean, I guess in a way this is good because it's giving Vinci TV time, it's giving him airtime. but in another way it's bad because the entire point of this airtime is just c- casting him as the weak link out of this. Tr- so, I, I don't know. I guess I'll wait and see where it goes, but it's nice that Gunther doesn't have to even be on tonight and Imperium story is advancing
1: I feel sort of like maybe I'm reading too far into it but Vinci should be the one that's getting the wins because you, Justin your point he's not the charismatic guy talking all the time and Ludwig should be the one that is falling short but he seems to find a way to talk himself out of it or blame Vinci or do something like that even though Vinci's the one winning um, but if Vinci's not talking or winning then it starts to make him feel a little bit like well what are you what are you doing here <laughs> like,
3: it, it, start, it starts starts yeah. to make me worry that his his the clock is ticking on him,
1: right? Uh, which is unfortunate. Um, but Nakamura says he wants someone that will push him so that he can get the as yet unseen part of himself released in his dreams. Justin, have you ever wanted someone to push you to show the unseen part of yourself that is trapped in your dreams?
3: Every Sunday after a Washington <laughs> loss, I mean it's just. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean these but, but overall i mean nakamura again this whole again they hit it you know jimmy said earlier about with the when we talked about Ivar, but they do it again here with nakamura they just hit it with these videos you know he looks like he looks like he could be like the, the lead bad guy and the next you know action buddy cop movie mm-hmm.
1: yeah i i i love these videos uh jimmy who do you think is going to be the next person for shinsuke
2: you know what, since, uh, since watching that video and uh, just for really quickly, I do, at first I wasn't sure about the, um, the CC, the closed captioning un- underneath, but I'm really getting to like this. It, it, it's a nice different vibe, uh, from Shinsuke. But, uh, since that video showed, I've been thinking who could be the next guy, who could be the next guy, who could be the next guy. And it's, nothing is standing out right now. You know, we talked about Chad Gable earlier, uh, You know, is this a place where he could be utilized to help uh, elevate? Because uh, we talked about him, Justin especially, mentioned him as a single star. And he has that potential because I see a little bit of Kurt Angle in this guy. You know what I mean? He has that ability in the ring, but also has that entertainment value as well. He can do it all. And I wonder if that's a good pairing, if he would pair well with Shinsuke, and that would be the next uh, little rivalry to go on. They have some barn burners too. So I'd like to mm-hmm. see that.
1: Uh, we get Logan Paul after this, who says that he beat his last opponent in boxing so bad. The promotion dropped them. And now he's going to beat Ray Mysterio for the U S title. Dom comes out and they talk about how great they are and how bad Ray is. Then they have Samantha Irvin come into the ring and taunt her a bit before Ricochet comes out and attacks both fellas before they bail. Uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy, they, it's like they took the two guys who people hate the most and said, let's put them both in the ring at the same time here. Mm-hmm. any uh, What are your thoughts on this segment and uh, particularly how it looks like they're setting up Ricochet for a bounce-back rivalry with Dom?
2: Yeah, either Dom or even have him against Logan Paul or whatever the case may be. Uh, it's, it's, it's showing the heat, at least, that these guys are getting. The only question I have was, were they killing the microphone on Dom? You know to enhance that that uh because he does get that natural you know crowd booing but it felt like they were killing his mics or the you know you heard the booze over his voice
3: you know I felt the same thing because I was like I cannot hear anything he's saying
2: right and 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 I get why you do it because you want to make it sound like the crowd is over you know over um shadowing his his voice but at the same time I don't think you needed to kill his mic to hear it
1: yeah, yeah i've i've heard uh, at nxt i heard just how loud the crowd gets for dom but tonight mm-hmm. it felt like there were some audio shenanigans uh, yeah. going on with that situation mm-hmm. I, uh, I thought
2: I, and i thought it doesn't need to be done to that extreme let's put it that way it felt like it was a, a like you said audio manipulation
1: uh yeah i, I just i think um with with Dom, I think they saw that Logan was getting such a reaction. They were worried that the Dom reaction wouldn't keep up, maybe. I don't know, but it it felt like some stuff was going on there. Uh, But I feel like this was a great segment that did a lot of good business for them, bringing Ricochet in, making us hate Dom more, uh, and selling us more on Logan versus Ray. I feel like they checked every box.
3: Yeah, no, a lot of business was accomplished, and um, I don't put it past Logan Paul winning that title from Ray. (laughs) I no. think he's he's so polarizing and he's he's got such a following and everything he does Um that I don't know. And obviously he's he's, you know, and then once he has it, there'll be a time and place where he's going to put somebody else over. But he's proven that he can do whatever they ask him to do from a physical standpoint uh in a match. So I don't know. This this is kind of intriguing. Um This this, this, this that dynamic of seeing Dom and him in the ring together and, and everything. Yeah, this 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 was all interesting stuff, but I agree with, with both of you. The, it sounded like they're trying too hard with the audio stuff, but it's like, mm-hmm. just let it be. Just let, yeah. let, let, let's right. let the booze come through naturally.
1: Yeah. Uh, we got Chelsea green and Piper Niven against Natty and a mystery opponent. Cause apparently Tegan Knox was injured, which is unfortunate to hear, uh, cross, uh, cross Nikki cross shows up and just stares into space until eventually cross wanders off and left alone. Chelsea green and Piper Niven get the win, uh, you know, Justin, I hear you reacting again. I, I hope this Tegan Knox thing is a story beat and not anything serious.
3: Well, cons- I thought the same thing too, but then you just think about it a little bit longer and it's like, well, what's the benefit? Like, she's she just she just legit battled so many injuries in the last like five years mm-hmm. that they were finally hoping to get like some kind of like consistency and have and all this does right now is immediately just so like i don't i don't think so hopefully it's just like an injury like hey just take two or three weeks off it to let it rest hope it's not anything like Mm. beyond you know anything but just the fact that she has already tweaked something or so it would seem that that, the fact she's already dealing with something that's just not a good sign when she's had count she's had surgery i think on both knees uh just Mm. scary stuff uh
1: jimmy any thoughts on what's going on with nikki cross is this just a new Nikki cross or is there something that is making her act this way? You think?
2: Um, I guess we're going to find out. I don't know what's making her act this way, but it is a different Nikki cross. And that's the whole idea. Everybody says, where is that energy that, you know, the the Nikki cross energy, there was none. It was like you said, very stoic, very coming out, gazing out into space, especially standing on the apron, just standing there and motionless emotion, emotionless and just, down the stairs and walking away and that sort of thing. Um, It felt like this match was put together just to get that over more than anything else to show that there is a different Nikki cross here. And where is this going to lead? That's going to be the interesting part. And I've said it so many times tonight. I want to see where this goes next.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully we get some more answers soon. A uh, Small segment here. Um, just quick thoughts. Miz is upset with Pierce saying that he's a star and he's not getting the time. And then he gets interrupted by Rhea who signs the contract and steals Pierce's pin before comforting Dirty Dom. Uh, Jimmy, I don't think there's anything much to this, but uh, it was interesting. It's fun.
2: Yeah, it was fun. And uh, again, we got to see what kind of a promo Miz just... Uh, he, he... He's just, uh, again, underrated in a lot of people, in my eyes, anyways, from a lot of people. He, he doesn't get enough credit for how good he actually became. And from someone who was there from the beginning of his career, seeing, you know, what he had to overcome to get to where he is today. The guy is awesome. Uh, Justin, any, uh, any odds that this turns into
1: Miz feeling underappreciated and trying to do crazy stuff to get on TV?
3: Could be that, or they kind of hinted, it, hinted at it when they, they mentioned Nick Aldis. In it, but it could be uh, setting up for Miz's brand change. If he goes to SmackDown, uh, and again they move somebody back over to Raw. So, and I love, uh, I love a little touch of Rhea just keeping the pin. I don't know why yes. it just
2: popped
1: me. <laughs> for some reason, I was like, that was like the most heel thing she's ever done. And for sort of I was like, hey, You yeah. took his. Pin.
3: Just, I'm keeping the pin. Uh, she walks yeah. off, stuffs it in her shirt, and. <laughs>
1: Uh, but you mentioned all this uh, later. All this is chatting up Caden and Katana, and Pierce isn't happy about it. So all this takes off, and uh, Cross wanders by. Uh, Justin, you alluded to uh, the all this stuff. Kind of feels like we're getting ready for a Survivor Series. Do you think they'll yeah. go back to Brand versus mm-hmm. Brand, or do you think they're going to keep it as it's been the past uh,
3: year? Well, I, I I would hope that that's not the entire theme of the night, but I do think. You have now two GMs, and 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 I think you could have a match. You could have a match at Survivor Series where it's like, all right, you put up your four or five. We but but there's so much else going on. I mean, we that's, that's, we've talked about it all night here. I mean, between all the different factions and alliances, and and is Judgment Day trying to recruit this person? I mean, I, there's just so much to be done. Um, Naturally, in the storyline, you don't need to stop everything and just have it be red versus blue. Um, mm-hmm. Just not needed. But yeah, I could see a match, you know, or and maybe not. even Maybe it's not even a, a full on. So I mean, maybe it's a, a three on three, or I don't know. But I could see something yeah, just just mm-hmm. to just to just to let them keep nitpicking at each other, Aldis and, and Pierce. Well, maybe uh,
1: Jimmy. Maybe they do a war games for the the big serious. You know, bloodline versus you know, the Cody Rhodes team or whatever. Uh, and maybe they do the standard survivor series for the red versus blue.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's so many options here. And, and and uh, I like where this is leading because who knows maybe down the road, can they build this up slowly? Uh, like you said, a survivor series. I like Justin's idea of having only one match that involves brand versus brand uh, yeah. and, and keeping that simple, but can it develop down the road? We're coming up on WrestleMania 40 where, we have a match. It's probably going to be two nights again, right? So, on, on on one of the nights where you have the GMs come out of retirement, lace them up, you know, and and they go at it, which would get people talking, and that would be an interesting matchup. That's for sure. The best yeah.
3: thing they the best thing they could do if they're going to do any type of brand versus brand thing again, hopefully just a match. The best thing they could do is make it mean something. Let the 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 brand that loses somebody from that brand is going to be is going to is going to draw number one in the rumble or you know just try to come up with something to make it make it matter you know
1: Mm -hmm.
3: yeah i yeah i agree
1: um and just uh jimmy i like your idea that the the gm's fighting out because both those guys people may not know they're both very talented wrestlers former nwa champions both of them uh so i don't know if they can still wrestle i don't know if there's a reason they're not choosing not to wrestle at this point, but uh, uh, both of them talented fellows. Uh, Jay Uso's backstage and Drew McIntyre rubs it in Jay's face at the bloodline costume, his title, and then says that whatever happens to Sammy tonight is on Jay Uso. Uh, we get to the match and the crowd is split. And the story is Drew is beating up Sammy and Sammy is trying to prove he belongs in the ring with someone like a Drew McIntyre. Mid-match, Rhea comes out and distracts Drew, allowing Sammy to get up and get ready for the haluba kick but then she distracts sammy and allows drew to get the win later seth and drew both say they don't need judgment day at crown jewel uh justin uh, i i love this tease of drew and seth both saying they don't need judgment day because i got a feeling one of them is going to use judgment day
3: <laughs> yeah it's um i do too it, it this, is a, this is a real old reference but it's uh you know, it makes me makes me think about like SummerSlam 92 when you had uh, it was a Macho Man versus Warrior and Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect were kind of in the middle. They kept alluding to the one of them, Macho or Warrior, one of them, you know, has 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 has, has sold out is, is going to, you know, obtain their services, you know, and Warrior and they, and they did all kinds of great teas leading up to it. And then Warrior and Flair are out there and and you're watching every little movement of, uh, or you're watching Flair and Perfect out there, every little movement they're doing. Like, oh, are they starting to move towards Warrior's Corner? Oh, did, 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 did they just actually trip Macho me? Like, I like this, like, little game of who, who, who's, who if either of them are actually going to, up, you know, take Judgment Day up on their, on their offer.
1: Yeah, and Jimmy, this is one of those great things about pro wrestling where I'm like, well, Drew's been kind of leaning towards being a bad guy, so it's probably him. But then I go, or is that what they want me to think? And then I start going back and forth in my head, and it's perfect.
2: It is. It's that's 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 another great point you made because you 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 almost have to believe that one of them is going to join, and it does. You know, all signs are pointing to Drew being in cahoots with them right now on on the down low, leading into this match. But can you imagine if Seth is the one who, you know, all of a sudden, you know, kind of for lack of a better term, joins forces with judgment day. And where does that lead to who's going to be in charge of judgment day? Again, does do do one of them get ousted because of that, uh, um, you know, new addition, let's put it that way. There are so many directions that this can go. It's got people guessing. And again, as we've said a lot tonight, it's making me want to see where this leads. And uh, I should
1: say really enjoyed the Sammy drew match. I love the story they told about basically Sammy mm. getting beat up and, can he hang in there with Drew? I think it's a, a great story they're telling, Jimmy. And you say mm-hmm. you, you agree. Uh, any thoughts on the match before we move on? I know we're getting uh, a little long in the tooth on the show here.
2: No, a little bit. But at, at, like you said, this was a really good match. They told a great story throughout the match. And again, it was one of those situations with those false finishes. You believed that that could have been it so many times. And you saw the crowd bite so many times and that's a true art form of this when you get people to go oh i thought that was it you know and you saw the expression on the people's faces in the crowd you could see that many times that they were like oh you know and that's what you want
1: yep. uh just before we move on to the next very important segment uh, any thoughts on the match
3: no a great match might, might have been match of the night
1: Well, I'll tell you what match the night was. (laughs) I'm going to tell you guys a story about Bronson Reed and Akira Tozawa. Now, I saw social media. Everyone thinks that I took an L tonight here, Justin. But let me let me run it back for you real quick. Tozawa, a blistering chop to Bronson Reed before the match. One for Tozawa. Tozawa accompanied to the ring by Maxine Dupree. Two for Tozawa. Hey, Bronson Reed wins the match, one for Bronson Reed, two to one, Akira Tozawa, our winner tonight, everybody, and look, post-match, before everyone says I'm making things up, Akira's performance inspired the entire tag team division to become even better, they praise him, they give him a championship, Justin, Akira Tozawa did it,
3: well, he still lost to a tsunami (laughs) From mm-hmm. big Bronson Reed. But I, I will say, look, it's kind of like a little bit like the situation. Well, I mean, Tozawa didn't have a partner that got hurt. But much like we're talking about with Ivar, of just like taking what you're being given and run with it, and then they keep giving you a little bit more, you know, tazawa has been, you know, that's kind of his situation. So in the grand scheme, it is a win for him that he um, goes out and can do whatever they ask of him. Comedy, go out there and get squashed by the big guy whatever the case may be. So uh, I'll give you a moral victory, but in the record <laughs> books, it's still big Bronson Reed.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, well, you, you know how much, you know how much work I put into this rebuttal? Just,
3: <laughs> I, I I, uh, I, I, can imagine you were sitting there drafting this up like a, like a diligent, uh, lawyer.
1: I had a, an old school typewriter that dings when it gets to the end. I was typing furiously, <laughs> figuring it out. uh, Hmm. Jimmy, uh, this was uh, this was a fun segment. I think we all knew what the outcome was going to be. It gets Bronson Reed back on the winning track. We, get, we got a few laughs out of it. Uh, I, I want your opinion on this because you know the fella. Is it possible that Akira Tazawa may be
2: sliding into that old R-Truth role? Ah, see, I didn't think of it that way. But, yeah, th- you know what I mean? Like you said, he was very entertaining, like you both said. And this is – Yes, he did get the L in this one, but at the same time, people still care about him because they want to see him because they are entertained by him. You know, it's it's we've talked about, I don't know how many times over how long, you know, getting over without going over tozawa Yes, at some point, like I said, like we said earlier tonight, you do have to go, go over. But in a situation like this, he did get over because the people were so entertained by him. That's selling he did. The overreacting, you know, the selling. Uh mm-hmm. it, it, he was just so much fun to watch. And that's that's what you want. Yes. Part of what you want. It's it's part of the entire package. You want good matches, you want different types of matches. You don't want all the same all through the entire show. He gave us a little something different. I think what
1: WWE is doing so good right now with a lot of their people is they have all these characters that you want to see wins so badly, like a Sami Zayn earlier. And they're they're doing that thing where you're like, is this the time? Is this the time? And eventually Sami Zayn's gonna be a world champion, we're all gonna go nuts, you know? And eventually Chad Gable's gonna get those wins and we're all gonna go nuts. And eventually Cody Rhodes is gonna get that big win and we're all gonna go nuts. And it's just it's being really well done. And speaking of Cody Rhodes, we get our main event. Uh Damian Priest versus Jay Uso, Jay hits the splash but Balor came out and distracted the ref. This allows Priest to get the win. They're about to beat up Jay but Cody hobbles out and is about to take out Priest's leg but Finn pulls Cody out in time. Uh Jimmy you alluded to this earlier. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes and that ankle. If I didn't know any better, I'd say it was
2: really hurt. I mean, he you could have sold me. Yeah, when you talk about uh perfect, he sold it perfectly. The way he came down I was surprised he wasn't in a boot or something like that and that he was just a sock. But at the same time, you know, it, it made it made people think, oh, wow, look at this. This is he's a little too good at this. Maybe he is hurt. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. of those those who think they know, at least anyways, Cody just uh, made it look really good. And I love the fact that that Finn was there to save uh, Priest uh, when he was about to return the favor, let's put it that way. And going into this match at Crown Jewel now, it's going to be interesting to see how much of a factor that ankle plays into the finish of this match. It, you, we talked about earlier about Rhea having you having an out with Rhea not going over in that match. You have an out in this one as well for, for Cody getting, uh, you know, not getting the win, let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, you know, I was uh, thinking – Yeah, you know, we're wrestling fans, like, oh yeah, he's gonna pretend his his ankles hurt. But then I was like, again, thinking about overthinking it, going, I mean, he did wrestle with his peck torn off. So maybe he (laughs) does maybe it is hurt. He wouldn't it wouldn't stop him. Uh, but yeah, Justin, this what I loved about this last segment was it actually showed that vicious side of Cody that yeah, he was about to uh do a little eye for an eye with Damian
3: Priest. Yeah, no, for sure. And you're right; he did fight with the torn pecs. So kind of like it it makes us always kind of just second guess and wonder what is the actual status. Uh, I like this ending; a lot of moving parts. This this is fun. Um, I I do think that Priest needs to beat Cody uh, at 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 Crown Jewel. I do think that, like you know, look, I mean, look, Cody's he he got put over with mad respect by Brock Lesnar, an unprecedented Mm -hmm. move. You know, I mean, Cody's Cody's fine. I think he can. between the numbers game, the bum ankle, everything, again, they're setting up enough stuff to where Cody could lose. It's good for Priest, but it's it's not going to it's not going to kill Cody.
2: Now now we talked to earlier about him wrestling with the torn pec throughout the match. Uh that match and and here he is going into this match with an ankle injury. What if that match sets up perfectly for a uh we've seen it recently, a referee stoppage, not early. Like he absorbs so much punishment on that ankle and, you know, where it gets to the point where he refuses either he passes out from the pain or the referee just says, look, I got to put a stop to this or something along those lines. At least that that's kind of protecting him in a sense that he didn't give up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the ankle was just too much to overcome.
1: I kind of, I agree. I kind of agree, Justin, that, Yeah, Damian Priest winning, I think, is more interesting than Cody Rhodes winning. I get why you'd want Cody Rhodes to win something like this, but you're right. There's a lot of outs for Cody in this situation, and if Damian Priest is supposed to be a threat with that briefcase, he needs to start knocking off some big names um, because... He is he has been very beatable against big people. Like him losing isn't a crazy sight, where yeah. Cody Rhodes losing is a crazy sight. And so if we want to put Damian Priest in that upper category, we need to start making him look like a guy who
3: just doesn't lose. Well, and again, use JD McDonough. You use all the use all your things that you have as a resource, as you said, to start knocking off some wins. Cause then again, it reminds you like, okay, you know, by hook or by crook, this guy could cash in and win this world title here sooner or later. He's got the people. He's got the, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it just it. the last big win. That I feel like he got was money in the bank. And that was June, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's still talking about that. No, but, uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, it would be funny if they did a little backstage segment where they're like, we only hurt his ankle. The guy, what won- beat Seth Rollins in hell in a cell with a torn peck. Well, the ankles, not enough. We got to do more to this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, But that does it for the show today. Uh, Everyone in the chat, uh, let us know what you thought overall of this week's episode of Raw uh, as we go around the horn here. Jimmy, uh, overall thoughts on this week's episode and uh, where can the world find you online?
2: I thought it was an okay episode. It built towards Crown Jewel. It gave us some some, uh, food for thought and what to anticipate, hopefully, going forward. And that's the goal, right? You want to see where is this leading to, and they did a, a lot of that tonight. As far as we can catch me, obviously on Monday nights here with Triple J having fun talking raw on the latest news. Wednesday nights it's uh, myself, Justin and Issa, usually talking uh post AEW AEW Dynamite. And on uh, usually on Wednesdays it drops the roughing it up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner and I and RJ on our show. Holding it together. Let's putting it that way. He's the glue that keeps the show together. And of course, on all my social media platforms, my ref and rant from Mondays to Wednesdays, it's a minute long on all my social media platforms. Again, critiquing not to tear down, but to help tighten screws that I believe need to be tightened.
1: And Justin, how about you? Well, you got anything going on uh, that you want to promote and uh, what were your overall thoughts of the show?
3: Ah uh, the show like I mean like I said there was some good stuff. there was some compelling stuff, but and there's a lot of story going on and, and things that are moving like we need to get to these big shows so we can start to have the big the next advances and turns in these stories. Uh, but it, it was still just the way that it was something with the pacing and it was just it was it was just a long show. It reminded me it was three hours uh, so mm-hmm. it was not my favorite of recent shows, but I like the attempts of what they're doing. uh yeah at Justin Labar across all the socials, nothing really big coming up right now just uh, again Mondays here with you guys Wednesday nights after Dynamite with Jimmy Nisa friday mornings channel 156 with sirius xm busted open uh as normal spar with Labar, yes uh, as normal right now uh perhaps some things not too far off that will shake up and enhance that schedule but uh, we'll get to it eventually
1: always exciting stuff uh, i want to thank everyone who's in the chat adam staples dylan matthews bernie baby uh max montez and everyone else uh Stephen, thank you guys so much for sticking with us till the end. And if you're lurking, thank you too. Remember like comment, share, subscribe, five-star reviews. Uh, I agree with you, Justin. I felt like this one was a little bit long. I like the stories. I just felt like it, it started. I, I want some resolutions is, is where I'm getting. And I'm a little worried about next week being so, another episode before we get to crown jewel, but yeah. I'm sure they'll figure it all out one way or the <laughs> other. Uh, so, you can follow me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. This week on Thursday, I will be on the call for Santino Bros' Night of the Human Death Match. Uh, it's going to be on Fight TV. Uh, it's always a (laughs) we do that show every year and it's always one that makes me a little squeamish because it's a death (laughs) match but it's always good fun if you guys enjoy those kind of matches you'll have a good time with this one uh make sure to check it out uh also make sure to follow at wrestling inc and make sure to check out the nxt after show which will air tomorrow after halloween havoc night one that does it for us we'll see you next time